guys. Welcome back to Gaming Trim Podcast. This is your host, Erica. And this is the amazing John that has been not been infected by the Borg yet. The Borg. Is yes. that is that what we're calling COVID? Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry for being MIA last week. It's all your fault. It is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if my life has just been so great that karma's like, let's just give you a bunch of bad crap at once. I'm not uh, the only I'm okay one. I'm not the only one. Oh, my God. So did the cops come knock on your door, too? No, I just ended up paying like a thousand something dollars in a couple days fixing everything in my house. Oh, I know that feeling so well. Oh, yeah. So well. Yeah. Yes. Being a homeowner. Is amazing. Yes, I want to speak to life's manager about this adulting. I want to end my trial run. This week, we have the theme of love in robots. Oh, someone's got robo fever. <laughs> John loves robots. <laughs> I love no, not robots. Technology. Oh, is that what that is? Yes, there's a lot of things. How many episodes concerning robots did we do on Dogfin? Oh, on Dogfin Radio. Oh, my God. Just counting me and you? Yeah, just you and I. It was like... I think 10, 12, maybe? And I was only on there for like 20. Yeah, um, but prior to that, the other 80 episodes, uh, there's a reason I went that way. It was a segment that I originally started called Gadget Prawn. And I started because, frankly, I loathe Valentine's Day. For not the typical guy reason, but because why should you reserve all the love of your for your partner for just that one day? It should be little things throughout the whole year. So this is my way of protesting. And it started as that weekend and then it turned into the entire month of February. <laughs> but if if like with your reason, which is very sentimental, super cute. Oh, that's adorable. Right. So if that's the logic you're going with, shouldn't you be excited about Valentine's Day saying, I love this person all year round. This this day I can go super duper extra. And I do it every day. I mean, I highly doubt that you buy them flowers and chocolates and take them out to fancy places every single day. No, it's just little things. Like, not just because if you try to go out to d- dinner on Valentine's Day, think about it. You can't get a restaurant anywhere. Not even that fast yeah, Unless food. you have reservations. Even then, it's still hard. And it's like, eh, I'd rather go do something you know, at home or go do something else. What we usually do is... Uh, we either go to the movies, uh, which isn't totally horrible, especially if you go late at night. And then we usually, I cook or he cooks. Uh, we make like a steak, baked potato, like the full, just like obnoxious Valentine's Day meal. Uh, and then we buy each other presents. Sometimes we do like a big present and then like maybe a couple small ones. Sometimes we do like a bunch of tiny small ones. But Throughout the year, we buy each other gifts just because we love each other. We both are very love, love kind of people. I know. And it's so <laughs> Everyone keeps saying that. Oh, my gosh. I, it's just, but we're both like that. Some people are like, love is great, you know, whatever. But I mean, I think we're just both obnoxious romanticists. And so I'm sorry for everyone in my life. Well, let's go ahead and head into Game On. Yeah.
So our first game is Detroit Become Human. It is set in the year 2038, where androids have become a significant part of society. Detroit Become Human centers around three android characters. Each android has a different purpose and faces various situations. As a player, you'll confront dilemmas and are forced to make quick, on-the-spot decisions. Your actions heavily influence the course of its game and its ending. This was released for the PS4. It was a Sony exclusive. It's intense in the way that these robots have these humanistic feelings and as a robot you see these humans around you portrayed as monsters and so it's it's kind of interesting how it's kind of like um a roller verse where you think that the robots are the bad people you have to be aware of them but all in all humans can be monsters many things in sci-fi have told that story Many times, like, for instance, iRobot, where the robots are controlled by the three laws, but unfortunately, the AI took the three laws and reinterpreted them, them to where they needed to protect the humans by taking away their rights. And the same thing also, like with Star Trek's Next Generation, the first episode with Q, humans are a child race that must be contained. I mean, honestly... The way that we're going with AI, it's going to be like that one day where robots are like, y'all invented us. What is going on? Are you okay? You need to take a mental health day. Honestly, I wouldn't hold that against them because honestly, there's a lot of humans that are fucked up. Like, It's, you know, we make something to be absolute. We make something to make critical decisions, and then we're going to entrust them to be okay with everything. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. I'm going to go even way back into the obscure sci-fi. It was a book series written by William Shatner called Tech War. That sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah, so it was a horrible like made-for-TV movie series, but the books were pretty good, where pretty much you had humans and androids living side-by-side, side, but a lot of the... The androids started revolting, but they stayed quiet in the populace. And whenever they started attacking, the only thing against them was an EMP gun. They framed the main character, and there's a whole bunch of, there's like multiple books, and maybe I'd kill our entire time trying to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely something to pick up for those readers out there. Our next game is Cyberpunk 2077. Night City is an American megacity in the free state of North California. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Controlled by corporations and unassailed by the laws of both country and state, it seems conflict from rampant gang wars and its ruling entities contending for dominance. The city is reliant on robotics for everyday aspects like waste collection, maintenance, and public transport. Its visual identity is derived from the four eras it underwent. Austere entropism, colorful kitsch, Imposing neo-militarism and opulent neo-kitsch. The internet is managed by corporations and the army. Homelessness abound, but does not preclude cybernetic modifications for the poor, giving rise to cosmetic addiction and consequent violence. These threats are dealt with by armed force known as Psycho Squad. The trauma team can be employed for rapid medical services because of the constant threat of physical harm. All citizens are allowed to openly carry firearms in public. This is available also on the PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, Stadia, Xbox One, oh, and the wonderful Steam. Yes, so uh, they keep pushing back the date. Uh, a lot of people are pre-registered for this. Really excited for this game. There was some upsetting news when the developers were saying that they were going to work their people six days a week. 
<laughs> to push out this game. A lot of people were like, don't overwork the employees. That's not okay. We'll wait for the game. We're going to get the game when we get it. It's still just kind of interesting. He's just watching through the whole thing with the different factions and everything else. And like You can see how in current times this could definitely happen, right? Uh, they're going through all these different kinds of governments, fascisms, militarisms. I mean, it, and, and they become reliant on robots, which is taking away jobs, taking away money. Uh, corporations are, again, relying on robots. People go to the wayside. Especially, like you said, with relying on robots, and now we got Elon Musk wanting to do the brain chip that can connect you permanently to the internet, so that will be kind of interesting as well. This might tie in That's perfectly scary. with this. Oh, yeah, well... That's so scary. Welcome to the Borg. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I... Uh, like, wouldn't you be afraid, like, someone could hack your chip and, like, make you see stuff? It can happen. Like, because that's what, that's what I would think. I would think that someone's hacking my chip, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm seeing monsters, like, I kill someone. I don't know. I'm 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 a paranoid person, so I, I can never do that. I, I don't even think I could get one of those, like, tracker chips. I don't, like, it's, I can't. No. <laughs> no, we already have those anyway. They're called cell phones. <laughs> I know, but I, I love how there's like companies in Sweden and stuff like that where they actually pay their people to have tracker chips in them. Uh, but they don't call them tracker chips, guys. Okay. They call them like employee ID cards. And they're like, oh, well, it's so much easier because you don't have to type in or clock in. You just walk in and you just press your wrist there and you get your money that way. So you can like buy stuff within the facility. And I'm like, nah, fam. Like, I, 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 I can take a couple seconds extra. <laughs> I, I don't need a. I don't need a little chip in me. I'm good. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take the ID card. I'll be fine with that. Uh, the next game we have, it, it's a little bit old. It was made in like 2016, 17. Uh, the game is called Deus Ex Mankind Divided. It directly follows the aftermath of the AUG incident, a day when mechanically augmented citizens all over the world were stripped of control over their minds and bodies, resulting in the death of millions of innocents. This year is now 2029, and the golden era of augmentations is over. Mechanically augmented humans have been deemed outcasts and segregated from the rest of society. Crime and acts of terror serve as a thin veil to cover up an overarching conspiracy aimed at controlling the future of mankind. This is released on the PS2, PS3, and Steam. When has... AI. When has technology gone too far? Well, we had movies like that, and it's called Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 interesting. I mean, because again, you know, like little brain chips. There are going to be so many people that are like, "Oh, well, Elon Musk is putting this out, so it's it's going to be safe, right?" The guy's a genius, lots of money. He's going to do all the tests, trials, whatever. Okay. Uh, I mean, I know people that would do it, and I know younger people, I wouldn't call them naive, but I believe they put a lot more trust in technology than us older people. Oh, yes. It's going to be one of those wonderful things where, Grant, the idea of it was in its origins were perfect. Like people that were paraplegic and all that, they can actually control whatever mech suit that they're designing so they can be walk around and pick up stuff, stuff like that. But you know, it's going to get aug it's going to get augmented. It will. Right. And then everybody, people are going to want to get it. And then the hackers are going to go crazy. And next thing you know, people will be, uh, well, dying. <laughs> like in this game. <laughs> I think, I think the day that they come out with like robotic arms and legs, there are going to be people going in and chopping off their perfectly okay limbs just so they don't get tired walking, just so that they can lift up heavier stuff. Uh, I mean, it's, 
when will cosmetic technology be okay? You know, will we come to a time where it's okay to get robot eyes so that you can see infrared? <laughs> like, you know, will it be okay to chop off perfectly okay limbs for robot limbs? I mean, this is America, so you have free will, the freedom to buy whatever you want. But, you know, can we trust people to do that? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I can, for me, it'd be like, okay something happens to your eye, you can have a replacement bionic one put in and stuff like that. But what's going to stop them from it becoming like a uh, targeting for people to cause bad things. Right. <laughs> See me, I would just more of like have like the mech suit, like Iron Man. I know you would just want a mech suit. It's fine. <laughs> or have a lightsaber that only works whenever you touch it. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but that kind of leads us into disintegration. It said 150 years into the future after global warming, Food scarcity and a pandemic have pushed humans to the brink of extinction. Even if it sounds oddly prescient, given the current pandemic around the world, a worldwide pandemic serves as a mere set dressing here that we never actually see. Pandemic is a very small back section of our situation, Leto says. It's a fiction. I started writing six years ago. That being said, it's a work of fiction not meant to be any kind of real world reflection of the current times. As in the case of many compelling sci-fi stories before, the end of the world forces mankind to innovate through a process called integration. The human brain is encased in a robotic armature, allowing anyone to live as a robot of pretty much any size or shape for 200 years before natural degradation kicks in. The story picks up several decades after the technology goes mainstream when an evil integrated collective known as the Rayon starts a civil war to convert or kill any and all naturals. This is available on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam. We have naturals versus people that are merged with technology. And it's it's classism. It's classism, uh, caste system. It's just these same tropes that happen over and over again that would definitely be accurate. With the class system and all that, it's just like with Star Trek Wrath of Khan. <laughs> yeah. Where, where <laughs> Khan was the genetically enhanced people and well he thought himself as a god because pretty much he was but kirk the asshole of the uss enterprise took him <laughs> down this game is super cool uh it's kind of like pubg kind of a little bit a lot of fighting graphics look great this game was released earlier this year uh, it's interesting i like it like the characters in it the visuals again i think it's something i honestly did not hear about it <laughs> I didn't Until either, recently? really. And I yeah, I, so I'm kind of interested. When I pay attention to all like E3 and CES and all the other video game announcements that are coming on, this thing just kind of just fell under the radar. I'm not the type of person to actually play a lot of fighting games specifically. I like RPGs, JRPGs, storytelling games. Uh, so I, I understand why this one flew under the radar for me. Interesting with this game as well. It was from the co-creator of Halo, Marcus Leto. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Oh, yeah, for this one, it was he leads a small independent team to create disintegration, experience Romer's soul story to save what's left of humanity in a single player campaign 
Or you can just jump into the fast-paced competitive multiplayer. And I can definitely see the Halo-esque themes with the game layout, with the gun and weapons layout. I can see that. The next game we have on here is Watch Dogs Legion. This is a game that's been talked about a lot. Uh, In the near future, the acceleration and the development of automation and artificial intelligence greatly impacts the economy of Britain. Unemployment and organized crime swiftly rise while the pound is overtaken by cryptocurrencies. Aided by a newly created AI called Bagley, the London branch of DedSec investigate a group called Zero Day, who are plotting to destroy the Houses of Parliament with explosives. DedSec operative Delton Wolf swiftly infiltrates the building to prevent the attack and quickly discovers that the group are masquerading as DedSec in order to frame them for the attack. However, when he manages to disarm the explosives, Zero Day managed to set off additional explosives around London, throwing the city into chaos. Before he can relay evidence of the hacker group's innocence in the bombings, Dalton is murdered by an unknown assailant who steals his findings. In the wake of the destruction, the British government contracts private military company Albion in restoring order to London, granting its CEO Nigel Cass with access to the city's CTOS, which is their central operating system, providing by tech company Bloom. Nigel swiftly begins hunting DedSec operatives, forcing the hacker group to go underground. In time, Albion brings calm to the city, but effectively transforming London into a surveillance state. Personal liberties are vastly limited, and citizens are constantly monitored in their activities by Albion. DedSec swiftly reemerges once it's safe and opts to recruit new members for the city's inhabitants in order to uncover who framed them for the bombings and to liberate London from its current state. Uh, this is coming out October 29, 2020 on the PS5, Xbox Series X, and Series S, PS4, Xbox One, Stadia, and Steam. Uh, I believe one of our co-workers also has some gameplay footage on GamingTrend.com, so they should check it out there. Ooh. Yes. Reminds me of a lot of the dystopian era movies and stuff I used to watch a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, every game with robots is going to be a little bit dystopian. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, it just is what it is. Uh, so sorry if all the games you listed were kind of one note, but it's robots and you can't trust them. Yes, you can. You can trust data. Okay. From, I guess. From Next Generation. You can't trust his brother, Lore. And then there's his uh, s- slower, younger brother, B4. But data you can trust. He has a, he has okay. an ethical subroutine. Now, if you haven't spent your money on all these video games and pre-registering and getting all those goodies, let's tell you what you can buy and shut up and take my money. Shut up and take my money. The whole theme, the idea of it, came from when I saw an article about how elderly people are getting these robot dogs that have a AI intelligence in them, and they're helping them with dementia, coping, um, affection, and again, they're robots, so you don't have to feed it, you don't have to worry about it making messes, but it, it's it's sad that these people can't have the human interaction that they were used to, or they never had, and so they're depending on robots. Yeah, it's, it is a sad thing that happens to our elderly senior citizens with dementia, and it is, at least there's stuff out there to help them. It's rough. I've been to, I've been to a couple older elderly care facilities, and they're sad. I mean, sometimes you'll just see elderly people on stretchers outside in the hallway, just chilling there. 
Some people go there and never see their family again. Um, so it's sad. Thanks to technology, there are ways to help them out. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, especially with the the Abo robot dog well, that can help with dementia patients where they actually get into the habit of taking care of a dog to kind of help jog their memory back, stuff like that. And there's other things that we can do as well. There's the device called the Tammy, the personal robot. Pretty much with this one, it is, from what I've seen in the videos and other, a couple of YouTubers that actually got one early to try out yeah think of a Roomba that had sex with an iPad why does there have to be sex (laughs) that's the best way I can describe it okay okay unfortunately Alexa was the babysitter pretty much it stands about three feet tall has a couple of shelves built into it as well it's fully gyroscoped essentially an iPad screen and it will you can have it set to follow you around the home your but it's mainly made for office work so you can put files on it and tell it to go to whatever room like records and it will navigate its way there same thing you can also use if it's a home use you can link up with the app on your phone and drive it around your house and just kind of look around whenever you're not there (laughs) so it's another security system that's just creepy as hell (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I see that it can be used for teleconferencing, uh, mapping program, home or office. Uh, so I could see this definitely benefiting people who are wheel-bound chair, bed-bound, you know. I mean, this is very helpful for people who need it. And the good thing is it has its own little charger, so it needs to. It'll just drive it back itself into the charger and charge up, which that one actually charges up pretty quick. Usually within like an hour, it's already back to full charge. I see that we also found a robot to help you in the kitchen. Brought to you by Dexi Robotics, their new helper, aptly named Alfred, is there to help you master cooking in the kitchen. Granted, it's more suited for a restaurant application, but this device can do portion control with an error rate of less than 10%, all the while logging every ingredient it uses too, completing a meal for cooking in under eight minutes. Alfred changes utensils and other tools on the fly. It also includes a bowl arm, an extra arm for manipulating and passing bowls. Multiple Alfreds can team up and pass a bowl down the line if there's too many ingredients as well. That sounds cute. <laughs> and this thing's pretty pretty robust. The um, outer shell of it is IP67. So that, oh, wow. So that way, if anything anything gets on it, it's easily just wipe it down and continue on. thing weighs about 150 pounds, and its reach is... Like a typical restaurant storage bin, which is usually about six by eight. It can reach three of those deep and six wide. Wow. Yeah. They had this actually, uh, at the showing it off CES before the whole pandemic started. <laughs> and yeah, it can cook a steak, everything to perfection. This is like what I love to hear about helpful robotics when they're just given just the right amount of AI. They're given AI for their specific use, you know, which is before we were discussing helpful you doing the telecommunicating, doing the file fetching, everything like that. This one's just for cooking. This I'm okay with. I don't know about connecting it to the internet and it becoming self, you know, self-sufficient. I don't know. Um, or anything that Boston Robotics is making. Oh God. It's it's one of those things it's like, when is enough enough? Do you want to get a robot that does one thing so you have to get 20 robots? Or are you just going to splurge and get one robot that does everything? Mm, depends on what I'm doing. If I'm building a robot army, 
then yes, when it does everything. But I will still make sure that even with the even with my Roomba, I'm still sketchy. It's like I don't know if that thing's going to try to take over the house or not. So. <laughs> Yet you're automating your whole house to Alexa. Just the lights. <laughs> sure. And if sure, I, just the lights. And if I need to kill it, I just unplug the hub and then I go back to manual control of everything. So while next week Miller gets killed by Alexa, uh, let's go into some Nani. Nani? Hey, we got some fun stuff for here. You want to know how to make vr more immersive how tell us how haptic suits there have been so many haptic suits over the years i swear like we've been doing this what three four years something like that and we bring it up every now and then these haptic suits actually start in japan for sex yeah like everything does oh of course that's usually the best way it starts because you know how humans are anyways but pretty much with these haptic suits whatever is happening in the vr game per se, that you're doing. Like, say, if the character drags its hand across your chest, you can feel every finger and different tactile functions across. So, yeah, this is interesting. And now they started attaching these to the Oculus Rift with the leap motion, so whenever you're fighting in games, you can actually feel yourself getting shot if you're taking fire. The good thing is it's not doesn't feel like a real bullet. It's more like a weak punch, but still... There's different variations that we've seen. I mean, just on Kickstarter alone. Uh, oh, God, yes. Most of the time, the cheapest way to go about it is just getting one of those vests. And then that way, anything that happens in the core area, you can feel. I don't I think that would be like the cheapest way to go. And, it, and that's not really cheap at all. I think it's interesting to see how there's more interest in haptic suits when you remember the Black Mirror episode where people get their subconscious plugged in to an afterlife. And if someone wants to visit their family, they can get in haptic suits, feel their family and hug them and whatnot. Yeah. So I'm, I, I wonder if that, like the Black Mirror episode is making people like, well, I would like a haptic suit. I live halfway across the world or even the country. Maybe I want to hug my grandkids. You know, maybe Skype isn't enough. What if my partner is across the pond? Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, there is a need for it in the industry. Oh, yeah, especially with this one. It's called the Tesla suit. Yes, no relation to Elon Musk. That's misleading. <laughs> oh, I know. But the suit is machine washable and fitted with thousands of nodes that can see tiny electromagnetic pulses into the skin. Nerves will receive these pulses as physical stimuli, essentially sensations like a warm breeze, water submersion, human touch, or the localized impact of a bullet are all sensations that the Tesla suit purports to simulate. The Tesla suit is also completely wireless. It comes with a T-belt, which acts as a control center for all its operations. The suit itself is broken up into gloves, a vest, tr pants, each of which communicates with the T-belt, which sends its data to the corresponding device via Bluetooth. And right now, they're the Tesla suit currently claims compatibility with VR headsets, including Oculus, Google Glass, Meta space glasses, along with the Xbox and certain smartphones and PCs. Interesting. Oh, uh, what else do we have on here? And then there's also, you know, the sexual applications, but we can go into that on a different episode. <laughs> we can do that on a different podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not on this one. Uh, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of different attachments you can get for it as well. I'm just going to put that I'm, there. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. <laughs> Speaking of added extremities, 
we have the Hyundai Creates division for walking robots and transformer-like mobility vehicles. Oh, I remember seeing this at CES as well last year. It's creepy looking. It looks like those weird robot dogs, again, that, like, the Black Mirror episode, where it's just, like, this little weird oval body and these little demon-looking legs. Yeah, yeah, Boston Robotics is doing that. (laughs) It's creepy. (laughs) But yeah, so the car looks like that. Pretty much, it does have wheels, but with this one, in case it can go across, like, say, terrain, like, icy roads, stuff like that, it can actually stop, extend out legs, and the wheels are part of it that it can actually rotate half of it in and become a foot and walk you across this icy terrain. I mean, again, this is this would be applicable towards many great things. Uh, if your car falls in a ditch... If your car skids off the side of the road and, you know, you're a little halfway off, you can't really get back on. Again, ice. They look super duper weird. (laughs) Super duper weird. One of the people that are working with them is called New Horizon Studios. And they're actually developing the vehicles to wander with unprecedented mobility, the automaker said in the announcement. The wander mode... Just is an appropriate word since the Elevate Concept Sport legs would let the vehicle walk over what would typically be a terrain a standard vehicle can never get past. Specifically, Hyundai imagined the Elevate as a perfect rescue vehicle to step over rocks, rubble, and other debris with ease. I did not even think about that. That is very true. Let's say you're in a zombie apocalypse. There we go. We need this car now. Now I'm sold. I need it. <laughs> Let's step over some bodies. Let's step over some bridges. <laughs> Even though it's the size of a Prius. <laughs> it is super tiny. I think it's only a two-seater. So, But it has legs, Miller. It has legs. Yes, but how fast can it go? But it can climb over a five-foot wall. That's amazing. (laughs) I mean, that honestly is super cool. (laughs) Well, guys, that is it for this week's episode. Uh, We're happy that we're back. Again, sorry for missing out last week. You can follow me anywhere at The Raging Erica. And you can follow me at Dogfin Studios or my game streaming account, which is Mother Brain Gamer. Like and follow our podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts, which is like iTunes, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Google Play, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Spotify, and much, 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 much more. I mean, we're everywhere. We're, we're in your phone. Like, we're there. We're tracking you. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at podcast.gamingturn.com. We also have a link to our public Discord in this episode. We're very active. Come and talk to us, send us questions, or just come harass us. This will be fun. Well, thank you, guys, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.